0: Welcome back Cramaholics, it's your host Holly, and before we get started with today's case, I just wanted to take a moment to thank you guys for being here. We have grown so incredibly much in the last couple months, and I know we have a ton of brand new listeners, so thank you guys for taking the time just to listen to our podcast. You have no idea what it means to know that there is actually people out there that are listening and enjoying our content. Being a smaller podcast and literally learning as I go, the fact that I even have people wanting to listen each week is still a complete and utter shock to me. For those of you who have been around since the very beginning, you guys are the true MVPs and let's be real, those first episodes were a little rocky, but somehow y'all just keep coming back and I so appreciate it. Podcasting is such a learning curve and I have to admit that I am still trying to figure out what the heck I am doing and I appreciate all of the feedback both negative and positive from you guys. I am learning as I go. I'm trying to improve with each episode and so I really appreciate you guys sticking around and listening to these stories. So without further ado, let's get into today's case. Today's case has not reached its finale. COVID has delayed some of the court processes, unfortunately, and so her family is still waiting for that final verdict and justice to be served. This is the story of Gabrielle Brittany Lynn Ulacki. Gabrielle Lynn Ulacki, who went by the name of Brittany, was born on June 4th, 2013 to her parents Alicia Tolhurst and James Ulacki. She was born in Colorado Springs, Colorado, but mostly she grew up in Spring Creek, Nevada, and she attended high school at the Spring Creek High School. Brittany was the middle child, and she had an older brother as well as a younger brother. When I was reading about Brittany and actually listening to the interviews with her friends and family, when they talk about Brittany, they all talk about how she was a cowgirl and she had this major love for horses. In her obituary, it states that Brittany was most happy when she was doing her cowgirl work. She absolutely loved helping other people when they were training, grooming, and feeding the horses at 2U Ranch which this is practically where she spent all of her free time. It goes on to say that one never had to ask Brittany twice to help with cattle branding, cattle drives, and just about anything to do with ranch work. Brittany was always the first one to saddle up and was ready to go with whatever needed to be done. In all of the interviews with her friends and family, though, they all said that Brittany was more than just a cowgirl. She had a major love for her friends and family, and she was obsessed with makeup. Her mom recalls that all of her friends would literally line up on big events, so like prom, other school dances, and other nights that they wanted to go out and do whatever teenagers do. They would line up waiting for her to go down the line one by one and do their makeup. And Brittany had big dreams of going places with her makeup. After high school, she wanted to serve in the Navy. She had plans of enlisting and going into a field to help veterans suffering with PTSD or other mental health issues. She was literally all about helping other people. She also had a deep desire to serve her country. And her friends recall that she was so patriotic. After her stint in the Navy, she then had planned to go into cosmetology school. She loved makeup, as I said, but she really enjoyed doing those special effects makeup and had hoped to do so for TV shows and movies in the future. Britney was described as someone who was super outgoing, but she also had some struggles like a lot of teenagers do. Britney was 16 years old, and we all know how absolutely cruel teenagers can be. While attending Spring Creek High School, she was frequently bullied and picked on. And I have to say, Brittany was absolutely beautiful. You guys will see if you join our Facebook group, I will have pictures posted. But she was stunning. Anyone who picked on Brittany or bullied her were likely just jealous of her because she was so pretty. And I know it's hard for kids to understand and see that people are mean out of jealousy and for kids to understand that it truly has nothing to do with them and has everything to do with the person who is bullying them. After seeing Brittany struggle with the bullying and the way that she was trying to still remain happy but inside her heart was breaking, her parents decided to go ahead and make the choice to allow her to do online school to escape that every single day harassment. Despite being an online student, though, Brittany had several really close friends. A girl named Cheyenne, a girl named Kara, and a guy named Bryce. On Sunday, March 8th, 2020, Britney went to her dad's weekly band practice at his friend's house. Britney's dad tells Crime News Oxygen on YouTube that Britney would always be there at every single one of their practices. He described her as being one of the quote-unquote band aides, and she never had any kind of issues calling out the various different members of the band and telling them if they missed a beat or messed up a song while there she was texting several of her friends and ended up telling her dad that her friend Bryce Dickey was going to pick her up Bryce and Brittany as I said were very close friends and she often referred to him as a brother and her mom recalls him being this shy cowboy type According to those closest to Britney, at one point in time, Bryce approached Brittany and let her know that he had feelings for her. But Brittany didn't feel the same. They were, in her eyes, just close friends or practically brother and sister. However, they remained friends despite the feelings not being mutual. And Bryce actually had a girlfriend who he had been dating for two and a half years. So she tells her dad that Bryce was coming to pick her up. Brittany's father, James, told her that the band was almost finished with their practice and that they were going to be heading out in just five minutes. Brittany told her dad, it's fine, dad. Bryce is bringing me home. I'll meet you there. I love you. While waiting for Bryce to pick her up, she talked on the phone with her friend Cara. And as soon as Bryce pulled up is when she got off the phone with her. But she continued to be active, Snapchatting with her friends. After dinner time, James began calling Brittany on her phone and it went straight to voicemail, which is unlike Brittany. According to her family and friends, Brittany was the queen of social media and she was very active and had a major presence on all platforms that she used. Whether it was Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, she was using it. So the fact that her phone went straight to voicemail, meaning her phone was either powered off or died, was so out of character for this social media queen. Her dad continued to call her repeatedly and again all went straight to voicemail. When 8.30pm finally rolled around and Brittany was still unreachable and she was still not home, her dad called her mom to let her know that he was calling 911 and that there was something wrong. Since Bryce was the last person she was with, obviously investigators and Brittany's parents questioned him. He told both of them that he and Brittany hung out and drove around Elko for about three hours before Brittany had asked to be dropped off at the Spring Creek High School. She had told him that she was going to be meeting a new friend. Bryce said that when he dropped her off, Brittany got out of his truck and approached a green Ford F-150 and that a pretty tall cowboy was standing there waiting for her. Missing posters began being blasted on social media and all of them describing this possible suspect that Bryce had seen. It was the morning of March 9th that her father learned that her phone had last pinged near a road called Boyd Road. And he recalls in an interview that this is when he told investigators it was time to start looking for a body. And I truly believe that as a parent, you just get this gut instinct. You know what is and what is not like your child and you have that intuition when something bad has happened. I always want to believe that this intuition and these feelings that you get when you know that something happened is coming from the person themselves. Like they've passed on and they're trying to tell their family that it's okay and everything is going to be okay before they actually receive that official word. So everyone in the community and the surrounding areas began really keeping their eyes peeled for this green truck and a tall cowboy. On Wednesday, March 11th, 2020, investigators discovered a body of a deceased female that was partially clothed. She was located in the Burner Basin area, and not only was she discovered, but a used condom was found close by. Autopsy was immediately conducted and it was confirmed to be Brittany Ullacki. She had a ligature mark around her neck and what appeared to be a stabbed wound to the throat. News traveled fast that it was Brittany and her friends used Facebook to post their tributes to her. Bryce Dickey invited all of his friends to come over to mourn Brittany and pay tribute to her. They flooded the property where he lived and they brought out guns and were shooting them off to honor her and they mourned the loss of their friend together. Bryce made a post on Facebook that read, quote, Yesterday we all received the news that made us hit the floor. Around 8 in the morning, we all started meeting up at my house to grieve and to mourn Brittany's life, which was taken far too soon. That day, I had tears of pain and joy. I wish you could have seen the amount of us that came together to honor you, sis. We love you so much. Just know you won't ever be forgotten." End quote. While those who loved Brittany mourned her loss, investigators were beginning to put pieces of the puzzle together. There was video surveillance footage that contradicts what Bryce had told authorities. On footage, they can see Bryce's truck driving past the high school's entrance, and not once did he enter into the parking lot like he said he did to drop her off. Which I'm going to step on a soapbox for a second. Anyone who is anyone likely knows that schools are littered with security footage. This guy clearly wasn't using his noodle when he fabricated the story of dropping her off to meet someone at the school because there was no footage of bryce driving into the school parking lot nor was there any footage of this green ford f-150 parked there they began honing in on bryce having something to do with all of this on march 19th after dna testing from the condom came back to having both bryce's dna inside of it and britney's dna on the outside bryce dickey was arrested for her murder this news absolutely shocked Brittany's friends and family. Bryce had been a part of all of the memorials for Brittany. He had gone to her mother and comforted her while she comforted him while he cried. She hugged him telling him it was alright. You're a good kid. All the while, he knew what he had done to Britney. Bryce was the person that they felt comfortable letting Brittany go do things with. They thought if Bryce was there, Brittany was going to be safe. Brittany was so close to Bryce that she knew exactly what he liked to drink, which was a blue Gatorade, and snacks that he loved to eat. And she would always ask her parents to pick up things that she knew that he loved. Again, she was a super loving person. She loved to do for other people. But despite that closeness, Bryce was just a friend to her, someone she had looked at as her brother. There was no way, shape, or form that Brittany and Bryce were in a sexual relationship. And when he was first interviewed before he became the suspect, Bryce had told authorities that they had not been sexually active whatsoever together. In April of 2020, Bryce pleaded not guilty to open murder and sexual assault with a deadly weapon. Because of the way that the world is right now with COVID, the court proceedings have been delayed and there hasn't been much movement on the case. In March of this year, a hearing took place in Elko District Court to have one of the charges against Bryce removed. According to Elko Daily, Bryce appeared before Judge Al Kaysen on a writ of habeas corpus to challenge the sufficiency of evidence from his preliminary hearing back in March of 2020. His attorney argued that there was insufficient evidence that Bryce had sexually assaulted Brittany presented at the preliminary hearing. In a document, it also stated that, quote, petitioner contends as well, there is also insufficient evidence to support a probable cause finding that the sexual relationships between he and Miss Yulaki were involved in her killing, end quote. The Elko Daily article continues further to say that Bryce did, in fact, admit that he and Brittany had intercourse on that March 8th in the area in which her body was found but he had initially lied to law enforcement about this encounter before later admitting it, which we all know that there was absolutely no reason for Bryce to lie about consensual sex. Judge Kaysen said he will issue a ruling on the matter, quote, sometime in the future. From everything I saw, he has yet to rule on this matter. Elko District Court Tyler Ingram has reserved the death penalty for Bryce Dickey. As of July, Brittany's mother, Alicia, posted on the Justice for Brittany Ulackey Facebook group that the trial has been pushed back and is now set to begin in May of 2022. What bothers me the most about this case is that Brittany had so much love and trust for Bryce, and this was the ultimate betrayal. Her family recalls Brittany coming to them to ask to go to certain places and they would tell her no, but then she would be like, come on, mom, Bryce is going to be there. And they would say, oh, okay, Bryce is going to be there. Then, you know, that's fine. Go ahead. That's how trusted he was within the family. They thought that no matter what, Bryce would do anything that he could to protect Brittany. What is important here, though, is to note that Bryce Dickey has not been found guilty yet of this crime. Despite evidence pointing to his guilt, he is innocent until proven guilty. And hopefully for the sake of Brittany and her friends and family and all who loved her, justice will be served in May of 2022 when this trial finally takes place. Crimaholics, that is all for now that I have on the story of Brittany Ulacki. Make sure you join our private Facebook group called Crimaholics Podcast Discussion Group. In there, we post pictures and all information pertaining to the cases that we cover, and I will post any updates that I see about the trial happening when it goes down. Also, make sure that you follow us on crimaholics.podcast on both TikTok and on Instagram. Crimaholics, that is all for now. Until next time, be aware and take care.